Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, can you keep a secret? Keep a secret. Knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing with you not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. So we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about relationships. Recently, I was in conversation with a friend and I had a moment of ingenuity and she shared with me a great tagline. And in fact, that is going to be the name of my new book that I'm going to begin working on in due course. And we spoke about how what often happens, particularly with women, is that we compromise. We seem to be convinced as females that we need to give and give to the point where we compromise our values, to the point where we give so much that there's often nothing left within. And even what is so amazing to me is just as we had that conversation, one of my future Zoom presenter guest speakers wants to discuss on something very similarly and then as if that wasn't enough, I had a phone call from somebody whose number had been in my phone for almost six months, saved as unknown 759. She'd received messages from me from multiple phones, called me. Now, when I saw the call, I was in the middle of a conversation, but I said to myself, this is unknown 759, let me answer. I answered, we spoke for what may have even been an hour, and in our conversation, she reiterated what my guest speaker would be speaking about and she reiterated even what I intended to talk about in my book and what I had been talking about with my friends. And I was so surprised by that. I said, you know, God is really speaking and God sometimes when he speaks, he will speak in threes or fours or fives. But for me, often the Lord has confirmed in threes. I mean, let's think about it. Jesus, we know that he died and rose on the third day. There is a lot of symbolism in three, the Trinity, symbolism in the number seven. And so for me, I was seeing it as confirmation that this guest speaker needs to be at my Zoom on Thursday. It really said to me, this is the way, walk ye in it. Because on Facebook, there is indeed a post and it says something along the lines of, you may cook for him, you may bring meals to his workplace, you may do his laundry. You may live in his house, you may clean his house, but you're not his wife. So why are you taking on these wifely responsibilities? And I remember seeing a post where a woman had been in a relationship and it had ended. 
And when I say relationship, that's a loose term, by the way, because the guy had said to her, I originally told you that I wasn't interested, let alone ready for a relationship. And you did not listen to that. And yes, we had sex, but I told you I'm not interested in a relationship. And so when you're getting upset, but I was clear from the beginning, and that's the kind of thing I would share with my friend, because what happens often, women will say to a guy, I understand, I respect you're not ready for a relationship. Let's just be friends. However, many women, I won't say all, many women will say that with their mouth, but their body language in their head is going somewhere else. In fact, we will say to that man, I completely understand. But what the truth is, we're trying to groom them into changing their mind. We believe by cooking, sleeping with them, wifely duties and obligations, we're going to be able to get this guy to lean over to our side of the fence and be persuaded into a relationship. And the reality is that very rarely happens. He will take because you're giving it to him freely. And even on the back of that, I was sharing with a friend and saying that you have all these guys after you. I said, you're like the Pied Piper of Hamilton. Now, for those who don't know the story, the Pied Piper of, Pied, Pied, I'm tongue-tied, Pied Piper of Hamilton is a story of a guy. It may have been set when we had the Black Death. The point is, it's a guy who was from Hamilton, I believe. And there was an issue at that time, according to the story, where there were a lot of sewer rats that were taking over the town. And of course, we know that rats and mice are dirty creatures. And so they called in the Pied Piper of Hamilton to come to the town. And when he came to the town, he blew his pipe or his flute. And when he blew the flute, these rats would follow him and he was able to take them out of the town. So when I said to my friend, she's like the Pied Piper of Hamilton, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but what I can tell you is that what I was saying to her is that you have guys following after you. I'm not saying that the guys are rats, please hear me carefully, but it's almost like you have a flute and these guys are somehow allured to you. They lose their inhibitions and are drawn towards you. And then in fact, a guy came round on that very same day as we we're having this conversation and I didn't know who he was. He's incredibly young. He's my age group. And she is not as young as me. So there's a very big age gap. And I'm very sarcastic, as many people will know. I'm serious 99% of the time. But I can also be very sarcastic and make a lot of stupid jokes and be the class clown. And I was feeling class clown. And so I'm making jokes with this guy and saying that I heard you guys are engaged to be married. Now, I did not know who he was. He looks around my age group and I'm similar age to her son's. So I'm thinking that is a friend of her son, but I just decided to have some, some humor and, and say something stupid and laugh. And so there is me making a joke and he took the bait. I still didn't know who he was, but as time continued, as he stayed for those hours, it became apparent that he was one of the, I don't want to say rats because that would seem insulting and offensive, but he was clearly one of the admirers and at the end of the interaction, when he left, I spoke to my friend and I said to her that, you know, I have some concerns here. And I said to her, I didn't want to write this in a written message because it may get misinterpreted. But I said that what was coming to mind is this. 
do not engage in wifely duties. You're not married to him. You're not interested in this boy because he's a lot younger. You're not interested in this boy, but you give him mixed signals. You may say with your mouth you're not interested, but you're cooking for him. And I said to her that I was outside when you were cooking and he was eating. But I have a discerning spirit. And just what I was feeling, I said, I'm not saying this is God, but what I was discerning or feeling is that when you cook for him, when he ate, he was comfortable. He was relaxed. It's like he was at home. It was like it was his house. I said, the way he ate was like that. And she even said to me, you know what? I don't even think he thanked me. I said that he told you he's hungry and you cooked him a meal. I said in future, when a guy says he's hungry, he can eat in his house. Let him cook in his home. I said, give him crackers or a drink. I said, I'm not disrespecting your culture. Hear me out. But what I'm saying to you is do not play wife. Because unfortunately, when you do that, it, men and women are wired differently. But he is going to perceive this in a way that is incorrect and is not the reality of the situation. Because I said that the way in which he ate... Like I said, my observations was not even in the same room. I'm in another room, but as I'm standing outside and I'm looking in, just his whole body language, demeanor, it could have been spiritual to maybe the spirit that I am seeing there is telling me that this guy is behaving like he's in his dwelling place. He's in his house. And I said, that's not okay. And I said, I wanted to communicate it to you, but not in a written message. So I'm saying it to you verbally. I said, if guys are hungry, going forward, do not cook for any man. I said, that's not appropriate. And I explained to her, if the guy is just a friend and there's no romantic interest, that is completely different. So I'm not saying never cook for a man. But remember, she's like the Pied Piper of Hamilton with all these guys who are falling head over heels for her. And I said to her that the enemy, he knows our weakness. Our weakness is our flesh. And when you desire to be married... The enemy is going to bring counterfeit men who are not even suitable to even step to you because of their massive age gap, because of their mentality and the mindset. And even the conversation we had, I didn't even go into his fruit. Somebody once asked me, how can I tell you this guy's character? How can I tell you his character? They were atheists. I didn't go down the whole fruit business, but by their fruit, you will know them. This guy used curse words. This guy said the Lord's name in vain. Within the first minutes of meeting him, he used the Lord's name in vain. And he did that frequently. Now, I have a gift of discernment. And I even said to her that, did you observe something? And she's very astute, but she didn't directly observe, even though she observed. I asked her, how should I, what should I tell him my name is? I know my name. I'm direct and forthright. I speak my mind. But I did not know what to say. When he asked you my name, I didn't know what to say. And for those who know me, I'm never stumped for words. And then when I finally responded to his question about what my name was, I said, my name is Miss Headley. That's not my name. My name is Juanita. But something that I felt in my spirit is the reason why I felt that I should bring formality into our relationship. I've never met him before, but I had the spirit of discernment and I felt I need to bring formality into this relationship with this guy between myself and him. And even what was interesting is that very same day he came to the house, me and my friend had been talking about relationships and all of this stuff and about spiritual gifts. And I said to her, you should call me prophetess. Now I was only being facetious. I don't want to be called prophet nothing, 
But the fact of the matter is the conversation we were having that very same day, the things we were discussing, the sort of advices I was hearing in relation to women and relationships, the things I said were coming to pass right before my eyes on the very same day. And that's why I said, call me prophetess. Now that was a joke. I'm not a prophetess. I have a prophetic gift and I speak things and they come into existence. And because of that power that exists in every one of us Christians, the Lord spoke, the earth came into existence. I'm very careful of what I say because I know the power of my words. And even I said to her, because I have an acquaintance who lent me a book and he said, I need the book on Wednesday. I said to him, I will leave the book in this specific location. I left the book on Wednesday. He said he needed the book by Wednesday to prepare for a meeting on Saturday. Saturday came and went. Sunday he called me. I did not answer his call intentionally. Why? Because I don't have your book. Your book is where I told you I'd leave it. So I didn't answer his call. And then let's say Wednesday was the day he wanted the book. Saturday was the day of his meeting. On Tuesday, he messaged me to say he had the book. Now, hear me out. I'm not trying to be rude, but that's not my problem or my business. I don't care. I've left the book where you've told me to leave it. I don't have the book. The book is in a safe place. Collect your book. I don't need to know you collected it. Like, I appreciate he told me, but I don't actually need to know because the book is in a safe location. I know it will not be stolen or touched or tampered with or destroyed. So I really don't need to know and I don't actually care because for me, you said Wednesday. Wednesday came and went. So I'm thinking you're not a person of your word. I'm thinking you're not very consistent, slightly double-minded because what you said to me is not lining up here. I'm not going to say he's a liar. I don't believe he's lying, but there's inconsistency. So I'm taking it with a pinch of salt. But I will tell you, prior to him collecting the book, I said to my friend, if somebody really wants something, they will make the effort to get it. And I said, when we think about relationships, when a person is interested in you, they will make the effort. Because if the guy wanted his book for Saturday, he had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to collect the book, but he collected it almost a week later. He collected the book seven days later. Seven days later, right? So straight away, that tells you that he wasn't really interested in getting the book before Saturday because it was in a location that is secure, that is convenient. For you to not collect the book when you said you'd collect it, you weren't genuinely interested. And I related that to relationships. And I said to her, that is what we need to realize. With women, women are chasing men who are not interested. Because if he's really interested, you don't have to beg him to text you or call you or WhatsApp. He's going to do it without you asking. When a woman has to say to her partner, spouse, boyfriend, has to say to him, you need to call me once a week. Hello, something is categorically wrong. This guy did not want the book before Saturday or he would have got the book. Think about it. He gave me the book. It was almost 400 pages. The Lord woke me out of my bed at 1.30 in the morning. I believe it was Monday. He woke me out of my bed at 1.30 a.m. I pretended to sleep until 2.30 a.m. And then I said, it's not working. I have insomnia. Get up, Juanita. I got out of bed at 2.30 I said, obviously God has something for me to do. I read 
from page 133 to page 335. I read those pages for five hours. By 7.30, I was done. My day began at 7.30. My day was packed and intense. And as my day continued, I said, if I had not read that book from 2.30 a.m., I would not have been able to make the time in the day. Now, I would have made the time because the book was a priority. But what I mean is I did not have sufficient hours in my day because there was so much for me to do. And I saw right there, God woke me up for a purpose. Do I regret not getting up at 1.30? No, I don't. I would say the God I serve knows I was going to lie in bed for an hour. And he enabled me to finish by 7.30. And from 7.30 onwards, I continued. And my day sometimes starts at 7 or 8 or 9 or 10. I don't have a paid job. It starts when I like. But typically, I would like to begin my work around 9 a.m. I'd like to start from 9 because in the UK, our working hours are 9 to 5. So sometimes when I wake up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to WhatsApp, text and email up until 9. And from 9 onwards, then I will continue forward. So for me personally, I was able to accomplish what needed to be accomplished because God woke me up. Because God orchestrated the steps of my day. I was able to finish the book and leave it for Wednesday. What I will say though, what I observed from this guy and what I took from that is that if a person is interested, they will make the effort. And I remember when I was in a relationship for five minutes, they don't last long because of my Christian values of celibacy. In a relationship for five minutes, one of the worst decisions of my entire life, I got burnt financially in other ways. I was used, abused. The point is I should never, ever, ever have got into this relationship with this guy country does not matter but I don't want to ever go back to his country but if I do go back you would know God sent me there because I despise the country with a passion I have written a book he had the book on his laptop he had the hard copy in his house he never once read my book he never once picked up my book when I was overseas he would email me at midnight his time so I would wake up and have an email in my inbox because I was not on WhatsApp at the time. I was fasting from WhatsApp. And when I would reply to him at whatever time it was where I was in Asia, he would be sleeping because of the time difference. And I was bothered by that. And I said to him, don't email me at midnight. Email me at a more suitable hour of the day. And what did he do? He kept emailing me at midnight. And I said to him, we haven't spoken in a week. We need to speak. Now, I had come off WhatsApp and social media, but if we're in a relationship, you find a way to contact me. I have a website. I have a contact us box. I also have emails. I have about five different email addresses on Gmail, three different email addresses on Hotmail. I am available. Even if I block a person on social media, I am contactable. But he did not contact me for a week. And then when he finally did, I've not heard from you. It was an email at midnight. And so we decided that we would speak every day. But because I talk a lot, it was 20 minute limitations. That's what he gave me. I don't understand how you can tell the person you supposedly want to marry that conversations are limited to 20 minutes a day. Truth be told, I made a terrible decision being in a relationship with him. And when you want to be married and when you desire to marry a person who you think 
God has sent, but actually Satan sent him into my life, that was not God under any circumstances, then you may see red flags, but you're willing to compromise or, well, he's younger than me and he's studying and we'll make excuses. But there was an experience I had with an individual thereafter, years after breaking up with Jezebel, I'm going to call this guy Jezebel, the male version of Jezebel. There was a guy I met in a professional setting and this guy's interaction with me spoke volumes. And in fact, my interaction with him is, is one of the inspirations for the story that I will share in my new book. The title is a top secret, but the title speaks volumes. And I believe this book is going to change lives of women. I pray it does. Because the point that I want to get across in my new book is that women need to stop compromising. We need to stop being desperate. We need to stop begging. And we need to accept the reality that if somebody is interested, they will put in the efforts. You do not need to enforce a rule upon them. You do not need to tell them to set an alarm to call you they would call you automatically. Whenever they look at their phone, you would come to mind. You should not need to schedule into the diary of your partner. Something is wrong there. Now, even me as a busy person, like right now I'm busy, I'm making a podcast, but I have a lot of work to do. The fact of the matter is, when I pick up my phone, let's say that I have an interest in Adam. Every time I pick up my phone, Adam is on the brain. I hope that's not idolatry right there, but I'm just saying to you, every time I pick up my phone, Adam is on the brain. Now, there is no Adam. There is no, when I pick up my phone, there is no guy on the brain, just being real with you, but I'm giving that as an example. So let me tell you about this guy. I'm going to call him Barry, okay? I met Barry in a professional setting, and because of how we met, I did the whole sob story. I'm a missionary. I'm an unpaid lawyer, etc., and then I went on to tell him that I would like to be able to offer my services as a public speaker at his place of work. I asked for his email address. I asked for his WhatsApp number. And of course, because I'm single but not ready to mingle and he's good looking, we kind of look alike. I don't mean he's related to me. I just mean we have a similar complexion. So I'm attracted to guys who share my complexion, I guess. You know, I mean, if they're darker, great. If they're lighter, great. But I just, he's a good looking guy. So I made reference to being single and I flirted. I mean, I felt awkward saying this because I'm a Christian, but I'm being honest with you. So anyhow, I have his information. I WhatsApped him and we interacted. And of course, I reiterated how good looking he is, etc., etc. Now, when we spoke, I asked him a question. I asked him something like, how many children do you have? Or I think I said something like, do you have children? How many or something? I don't remember exactly how I asked it. But he asked me, how many children do you have? And I said, you can't answer a question with a question. Truth be told, by the time I left his establishment, I never had an answer to my question. And then I asked him if he was in a relationship and he didn't answer. Now, as a lawyer and as somebody who has a discerning spirit and a prophetic gift, my assumptions, well, let me rephrase that. My presumptions, presumptions, presumptions are based on evidence, assumptions are not. My presumptions are that he is in a relationship and he does have children. Those are my presumptions and they are based on our interaction. 
He has not confirmed or denied it up to this point, but that is what I believe. I am convinced. I am 100% convinced he's in a committed relationship. He's not married, but committed relationship and that he has children. He could be married. I don't know, but I don't think so. But I certainly think committed relationship for sure. And so we met, we spoke. Now I was really occupied that day. I was in the kitchen from three o'clock till nine. And this is on the same day, I should add, when I had the interaction with the guy and the whole Pied Piper of Hamilton situation. And so I'm occupied. And truth be told, if I was in the kitchen by myself, I would not have spent all those hours. I, I tell you the truth. I would not have been using all of that time to make paratha or alu paratha, which is stuffed bread or stuffed roti with potatoes. It doesn't take from three to nine. It doesn't take six hours to prepare a stuffed bread. But that's how long it took me because I'm distracted. I'm moving slower, etc., etc. And so as I was occupied, I wasn't able to interact with Barry, as I will call him. And when I had eaten dinner and come in my room, it was after nine. And I said, well, I have a crush on him. I think he knows that by now. I don't want to give the wrong idea. I'm not going to be messaging a handsome guy after hours. So I did not message him until the next day. I wrote, I apologize, sent photos of my food. And what was interesting to me, I had promised to send him my videos of all my various interviews. I hadn't had the opportunity, but he told me, I watched your video on Teachers Union. And I said to him, how did you find the video? And he said, you were very engaging. You were articulate or very well spoken. And I said, that's not what I meant. I meant literally, how did you find it? How did you find the video? And he, I said, I never sent them to you. How did you find it? And he told me, I went on YouTube and I typed in your name. Now, when he said that to me, I was amazed. Now, guys, I have a crush. So hear me out, right? But I was amazed because he didn't Google me. He went to YouTube. Now, he's, in my opinion, very intelligent, very articulate, very knowledgeable, very wise. I say all that from only having had... 24 hours of interaction with him. That was all what I was experiencing. So when this took place, within 24 hours, we're interacting. And for me, I am seeing and observing this guy. He is of some different level. And that was truly refreshing for me. Because unfortunately, some of the people in my world are not of his caliber, right? So when he told me, I found you via YouTube, I was amazed and impressed because he didn't Google me he went straight to the source and I'm like, why YouTube? He said, well, when you were on your phone, you had lots of photographs and you have a book and you're a speaker. And so it made sense. You'd be on YouTube. I was just like, wow. And even as we interacted and I shared with him some of my frustrations about being single, not ready to mingle and how I seem to keep attracting single guys who lack common sense, single guys who are how do I put it in a polite way, who are not intelligent, who are lacking wisdom, who are foolish. And so when I have guys throwing themselves at me, one guy proposition in marriage when he lacks common sense, is forgetful, is very foolish and behaves in an idiotic fashion and is quite ignorant, but has a big heart and when we met, appeared to be very kind, but that was only on the surface. As time later revealed, it was all an act for me to marry them. That wasn't their true colors. But when I'm surrounded by all these single, counterfeit, foolish, naive, ignorant men who are Christian of some strand, 
when I meet a good looking guy who's highly intelligent, not practicing Christian, but had a Christian upbringing, who's able to have an intelligent conversation with me, that blew me away. Who's able to observe things about me in a five minute interaction and go off and take steps that blew me away. And it goes so far as to say when I sent him my 14 page one for 14 page ebook, when he read that within half an hour and came back to me and said, that was phenomenal. Your writing is like this and your stories are like that. That floored me. Now, like I told you, he's unavailable. He has kids. He's in a relationship. He is not interested in me romantically. He's not interested in me at all. Categorically, he is not interested in Miss Headley in a romantic way. Our interaction, yes, I may have batted my eyelids or whatever, but the point is our relationship is strictly platonic with a big letter P. How do I know that? Because I have a prophetic gift. No, no, that's not why. How do I know that? He made a statement that you'll make a great wife. Now, when he made that statement, which I accept and claim in Jesus name, he didn't say for him, if that makes sense, because he's already taken. And so because I observe, I observe what a person is not saying. And when he made that statement, he wasn't saying his wife. He was saying someone else's wife. So like I said, our relationship is strictly platonic. But what amazed me? And again, I see this as a confirmation number four. And this is why I'm going to write about this story in my book, because I want my book to be full of stories. I want it to have a very different angle from Can You Keep a Secret? What stood out to me? Barry is a new friend. We've known each other for 24 hours. But within the first 12 hours, he Googles me. He listens to my interview. When we talk and interact, he encourages me. He uplifts me. He tells me, do not focus on the counterfeit men coming into your world. Focus on what you're interested in, who you would be interested in. Ignore those older men. Ignore those foolish guys. Ignore those counterfeits and focus on what do you want? What are you looking at? Who is the potential? Keep your eyes fixed on your goals. Don't compromise your Christian values. Stay true to who you are. These are the things that he was saying to me. I'm blown away because truth be told, the only guys who talk to me like that are guys who are married and are like an uncle to me. The Bible says, call no man enough your father, but your father in heaven. I don't believe in no spiritual father. I'm sorry. I'm a person of the word of God. It says, call no man on earth your father. So when people are calling father this father that, I'm sorry, I know what my Bible says. So when I have Catholic priests in my life, including my friend, I would call them reverend. I do not call them father because of what my Bible says. So the only men in my world who talk to me like this guy are often older married men who are like uncles to me. For me to have a young guy talk to me in this way, I am shocked by that because I don't have guys talk to me like that. I'm sure if I did, I'd be married by now because they're on my level. They're on my wavelength. They're not telling me to compromise. And so even as we're interacting, the more we speak, the more I'm amazed why it was refreshing for me to interact with a guy who's on the same wavelength intellectually to have a conversation that is stimulating intellectually. Now, I am not a saposexual. I'm not a saposexual. Now, because you may not know what that is, I'll explain. 
A saposexual is somebody who is attracted to a person because of their intellect. Now, I am not sexually aroused by anything because I'm not married, so why would I want to be aroused by anything? When a person is sexually aroused, they end up going into porn, masturbation, etc., or fornication because they're not married and so they need to satisfy that fleshy desire. That doesn't, that's not me. That doesn't work in my world. That's not how I am wired. I am wired very differently. I'm a human being, trust me, like everyone else. But as the Bible says in Song of Solomon's, do not awaken love before it desires. So when I describe myself as a Christian saposexual, what I mean is I am attracted to a person's brain. That doesn't mean I am sexually aroused by a person's brain. Like I said, I'm not aroused by anything because I'm not married. Do not awaken love before it desires. But I'm saying for me, if I am interested in a person romantically, it's going to be their intellect. You can be handsome. I know a person who is handsome, so good looking, but they're boring. When they talk, it's like listening to paint dry and paint doesn't have a sound. They are so boring, but they're so good looking. So the looks are there, but the personality is lacking. And so for me, a personality, fruit and character is important and vital. But above all of those things, intellect. So when people ask me, why are you single? I'm single because I haven't met the person who has the fruit of God. What I mean by that, the men that I meet, they lack the fruit of wisdom because they're foolish, they're immature, they're childish. They lack the fruit of wisdom. Wisdom, I'm calling it a fruit even though it's a gift. Wisdom is in the Bible. It says if you don't have wisdom, ask for it. I'm sorry, but when I meet a guy and he lacks wisdom, I can't marry you. You can be Christian and godly and all this kind of thing and, and celibate, but you lack wisdom. And if you are the head of the household, you need wisdom. If I have more wisdom than my husband, husband we're going to have issues and conflict. And so for me, speaking to and interacting with a handsome, although taken, handsome guy who is intelligent, that's amazing. I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this moment. I am interacting with a good-looking, intelligent guy. Because the last guy that I was interacting with who was intelligent, a fellow lawyer, he, I don't want to describe him because some of my listeners may even know this guy. What I will say though, he was okay looking, but he wasn't Christian. So he was okay looking and he weren't Christian. So I enjoyed talking to him because we're both fellow lawyers and we have some banter. But like, uh, you know, he's not ugly. Trust me, not ugly at all. But like, no, and you're lacking the fruit. So here we have a guy who grew up with Christian values who is handsome and intelligent. I'll tell you something, guys. I feel like I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'm like, don't judge me here, but I feel like I'm getting closer. All those prophecies I've been getting for a decade about a husband, maybe they're coming to pass very soon. Because imagine, right? I'm meeting Christian guys who are foolish, lack wisdom. I'm meeting non-Christian guys who are smart, have wisdom, but don't have the fruit. And that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is not living in them. Then I'm meeting a guy who's handsome, who's intelligent, who has a Christian upbringing. So we're getting closer. Because then the next guy, handsome, intelligent, practicing Christian, and single. That's an important one, right? And single. So for me, it's like, whoa, I'm so grateful. I don't know how long the interaction will continue. I even told him, I don't know why God brought you into my life for such a time as this. Now, I know one of the reasons God brought me into, him into my life 
is because I have a need and it's not a romantic need at all. It is a, I guess, a working need, a work need. So he offered to meet me at the point of my need. And when he did that, I was blown away. I know I keep saying I'm blown away. You're like, what's happened to Miss Headley's articulacy? But, but I'm serious. I was blown away because I had a need the day before we met. And the day after meeting him, he offers to meet the need that I had the day that we met. And I was shocked and floored because I did not even expect that. He had said to me, I'm willing to help you in any way that I can. Now, because of the nature of his work, I already knew how I wanted him to help me. But I asked him, and I believe it's the spirit of God. I asked him, how can you help me? And I'm glad I did because he offered above and beyond what I was even expecting. I was surprised by that because I had not even thought that that would have been a possibility. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. It says you don't get because you don't ask. Now with him, what did I do? I didn't ask him. With God, what did I do? I didn't ask God. It was a need I had, but I did not ask God and I didn't ask him. Now, because this is a need that I have frequently, I've asked God about it many a time, but the Lord came through. And with all that I'm saying to you, what I want you to see from the whole story with this person who I'm calling Barry, Barry offered to help me. Barry did not know my needs. God knew my needs. God is the source. Barry is the vessel. Barry offered to meet my needs without knowing that was my need. And Barry took an interest. Now, for the women who are listening to this, I want you to listen and listen carefully. Barry is not interested in me romantically. Yes, I have pretty eyes, but trust me, he is not interested in me romantically. If Barry can meet my need, encourage, empower, edify, if he can sacrifice time to read my 14-page book within 30 minutes, if he can interact with me in a positive and wholesome way, not overstepping boundaries, what more should your boyfriend, fiance, or husband do? I'm going to say that again. Barry is meeting my needs, encouraging, edifying, empowering, being a voice at the end of the phone. I mean, it's written message, but you get my point. He is showing a genuine interest. He heard of me. We spoke. He went of his own volition and he Googled me on YouTube, if I can say it like that. He took the time to listen to my interview. He took the time to read my book. When your husband takes three months to read your article that is online, to peruse your thesis document, to listen to your problem because he's so wrapped up in work, I'm not saying he should drop everything for you. Obviously not. We have our lives. But I'm saying people who are interested in you, they will make an effort. And if somebody is not making an effort, ask yourself why. 
Why is the fundamental question that I always get my audience to ask themselves? Why, why, why? So for me, what will I say to you going forward? Now I know about relationships. I may not have had relationships really to, to talk about, but I would say going forward, I'm going to set myself the standard. I'm going to call it the Barry standard. Now that's not his name, but to keep the podcast anonymous so that you don't all try and become Barry's friend, <laughs> you know, steal him away from me. But going forward, what do I intend to do? I intend to have the Barry factor. Okay. The Barry scale. What is the Barry factor? That means any guy who comes into my world and has an interest, a platonic, or a friendship interest, even if it's a female who's coming into my world as a friend, I'm going to use the Barry factor. I'm not judging. It is the Barry factor. The reason we get hurt is because of expectations. Do not, I saw it on Facebook. It says something like this. Do not disbelieve a person when they show you their true colors. When I'm in a relationship with a guy who tells me we can only speak for 20 minutes a day, who emails me at midnight his time when he knows he's going to go to sleep. When I wake up, he's in bed and he replies at midnight. When I'm in a relationship like that, but I meet a stranger who can show me more of a genuine interest, that should tell me that relationship is not one you should be in because that is not a relationship that is conducive for you. That is not a relationship that is positive. That is a relationship that is going to make you unhappy because somebody like Barry is going to fulfill you in a platonic friendship way where you can talk to them, engage, share your trials, struggles, whatever, share your praise reports and testimonies. Barry is going to fill that void and meet that need more than your boyfriend, more than your partner or husband. That alone is a problem. And so I say all that to say, create your own Barry factor. Okay. Have a way in which you can identify whether that person in your world truly cares about you, truly values you as a person, truly has a place in their life for you. Or if you are more like a side chick, I'm not saying they have a side chick, hear me carefully, but I'm saying they are treating you like a side chick. We need to change the dynamics of the relationships that we're in. Let us as females no longer be in the position of a side chick. Let us no longer be in the position of being backstage, but let us put ourselves front and center in that relationship. When we are in marriage, the Bible says that the man should love his wife like Christ loves the church. When you are in a marital relationship, your husband should value treasure and make you feel important as though you truly do have a place of value. You truly have a place in their life and therefore they can and will make time for you. I saw a saying somewhere and it goes something like this. Appreciate the people who give you their free time, 
but value those who free their time for you. Barry is an example of the second thing. Barry is freeing his time for me. So moving forward, guys, look at, create, and measure people against your very own Barry factor. Thank you for listening to an extended episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another and this is an educational series that I hope will change and impact not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode. Can you keep a secret? I want to trust you.